at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today, I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer, Chris. Hello. We write for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, lots of other things, uh, movie-related, TV-related, video game-related stuff on the site, too. A lot of that stuff coming out. Uh, Chris does the BEC every every week and recently started doing full-length reviews. Uh, you did um, one that like I just published. Uh, remind me what that was. My recent one was Beast. Beast, And then yes. before that, I did The Gray Men. Right. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm like, I just made a graphic for you like a week or two ago. So yeah, but yeah, I feel so like Beast. I'm slightly higher on Beast than everyone else. I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, okay. Well, at yeah. least somebody likes this movie. I mean, I went into Beast going, okay, this is going to be a, a textbook five out of ten, but just in the way it's oh, filmed, that's generous. <laughs> yeah, the way in it's filmed really you know, really struck a chord with me. Like some some actual dedication to long takes in the middle of action sequences, long uh, shots to set up locations while characters are talking and having dialogue and actual sure. things are happening. Like how often do you actually see that in films these days? Not a whole lot. Right. So just the fact that there's like a dozen shots that are like two minutes plus. All right. So, you know, maybe worth checking out whenever I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> exactly yeah i saw it in theaters i wouldn't probably do that but if it's on, on a streaming service then go for it well there you go so a couple thoughts on beast and you can go read chris's full review as well on sifpop.com as well as all the bec stuff and all that all that jazz uh but on the show today on the podcast we're going to talk about uh three coming attractions three movies coming out this week that are worth your attention at least in theory uh will be the judge on if it actually should be worth your attention um, and then we will move on to the SIF topic, doing a nostalgia pick. Chris picked Count of Monte Cristo. We'll get into that a little bit later. The 2002 version, Jim Caviezel, Guy Pierce, Richard Harris, uh, lots of other people in that movie. But that's the three on the Blu-ray cover. So, um, And then we'll do a fantasy casting of the Count of Monte Cristo because that's what the world needs. Another Count of Monte Cristo adaptation. So we'll be doing that. And then um, we'll be... Wrapping up with the spinoff, but first let's get a chance to know our writer this week. Uh, Chris, I thought this might be a fun section. You know, I, I, we're in September now, and that means that the that there's been a lot of movies that have come out this year. Some that you've been excited for, and some that came out of nowhere, and then everybody was like, "Whoa, got to go check that out." And we're we've still got plenty of movies to come out for the rest of the year. Arguably, the 2022's best days are ahead of it, aside from Top Gun Maverick, but. Um, <laughs> Because that movie is still dominating the box office. Yeah, that's not leaving anytime soon either, judging by the release schedule that's coming up. Well, I saw like somebody, I saw somebody tweet yesterday because Christopher McQuarrie retweeted it that there was a, a theater still showing it that like had a sold out six thirty p.m. screening. Like wow, and it's already on VOD here in the states. It's it, like it's the you can buy it. It's not the $20 rental. You can just buy it on Voodoo for like 25 bucks. And Yeah, but I can actually see a world in which somebody rents it on VOD, watches it at home, and goes, that's still in the theater. I got to go see it in theaters. Right. I'm, I haven't seen it since we talked about it, and I'm just like, kind of want to go back. Because <laughs> right? it's been yeah. that long, and the, and the Blu-ray is coming out, the 4K is coming out, I think November. I think early November is what I heard. 
Maybe I don't know. It feels like, mm. it feels like it's got to be earlier than that. I don't know. Maybe maybe late this month. But either way, like it's, it's already on VOD anyway. But it's one of those that like kind of want to like. I just want to go back because I feel, I don't know. I feel like maybe this will be one of those that they just kind of re-release every now and then, kind of like with Avatar or like Jaws was in IMAX this weekend. Like this might be Top Gun. That would be something might be if if this one like a sequel that was forty years after. The original I don't know that is... it'll do a sequel. I just think they'll keep releasing this one. Yeah, um, no, but like now just the in fact 3D... that, like Top Gun has no like fan base this size. I believe I don't know how it, what, what it was like in the eighties, but the fact that Maverick has gotten so much like fandom around it so quickly as a sequel that came out so much later than the original that's really special yeah. to me. I mean, there's somebody not alive in the 80s. I don't know how it performed. But, I mean, Top Gun was a pretty household name for a long time. And I think it's because it's, it's such a product of the 80s and definitely doesn't hold up that well. But, like, it's definitely not great. But, yeah. Uh, but, like, I understand why it became a staple. But Maverick is great. And, I feel like it's not as much an actual Top Gun sequel as it is a sequel to people knowing that Tom Cruise is insane. <laughs> Like it completely Probably, yeah. plays into the, the the perception of Tom Cruise in recent years more than the fact it does being a Top Gun sequel. That's uh, that's fair, but because whatever. you can it's see a, it without having watched Top Gun, it's a better it's a better movie. Oh, much I, better it, yeah. before it than being the Top Gun sequel. You know. So anyway, we did see Top Gun, so that's one of the ones I thought. You know, yes. what are what are some of those ones that came out this year that you just haven't gotten around to yet for one reason or another? The ones that like you are going to do your best to try to see by the time the year ends, when you make your year ends list and all that. Like what are the ones that you just, for one reason or not are, are slipping? Well, I mean, there's, there's one very obvious one and it's the same one as I mentioned last time I was on the show. I still haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. I thought you said you were going to go see it like the next day. I did say that I was going to see it that week. Something came up and I couldn't go. And I guess I just, let it go by. I, I did still have it in the back of my head of all all the people who have been saying so much good about it that I, I'm i kind of scared. I'm nervous that I won't like it as much as everyone's told me I was going to, maybe. So I, it's, I don't it's think that's going to be the case, but... It might not be. The other thing is it's still in theaters here. It's not out on VOD yet, mm. which is also the reason that I hadn't seen it yet is because it released so late in theaters here so i'd already right. read all the rave reviews or tried not to read too much but you know yeah. the general reaction is unavoidable about that film right so i yeah i'll get around to it when i properly feel like i can just sit and not have expectations for it i yeah. feel like if i go to the theaters for it i will have expectations okay that's fair yeah and Man, as as much as it is, it is a good theater movie, like it's just as much a good at home movie too. So this is what I've heard. Like, there's no real massive incentive for a theater experience. I mean, it's got really cool action sequences that are directed really well, but but yeah, you can see that on on. It, de- it depends on your setup at home. If you have a good setup, fine. Oh yeah, I've got a 4K monitor. So there we go. That's that's yeah. good picture quality and should be able to to run that fairly well. Yeah, I was like, if you're gonna watch it on a DVD, like. No. Yeah, no. I'm I'm but gonna like, watch it in 4K. A nice 4K and a nice. I have a QLED TV, so like it was. It's a good experience watching at home. Like, anyway, so everything everywhere all at once uh, for you. Do you have any? Do you have any others? I I just listed any of them that are like on my watch list. Right. I don't necessarily keep a watch list, but I'm looking at like the the letterbox page of what came out this year uh, with what I haven't seen yet. 
there's not really anything that I feel like I should have seen already. Like, there, there are a couple things. Like, I, I do still want to see men, but the reviews mm-hmm. for that weren't fantastic across the board. So I haven't seen things like Lost City or Sonic 2. You know, basically just those supposed sure. blockbusters that, you know, maybe you, you want to keep up to date on. But yeah, I, I generally don't get very... Like FOMO about films I haven't seen yet, it's, unless it's they're weird. like gigantic. It's weird because I think there's only one on my list that I would say is kind of that FOMO, um, but the rest of mine is just kind of like stuff that like I I totally understand why I haven't gotten around to them yet. The one on my list that I haven't seen that I think I I am missing out on is, is Prey. For some reason, I still haven't seen. Yeah, and that's I not know. difficult to see. I know that's the other thing too. Like, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's free over there as well, but it's on Hulu in the states. Yeah, so that means it's on Disney Plus here. Okay. So yeah, I watched it day one. Yeah, firm recommend I, for that. I have no reason why I haven't seen it. Um, no reason. I just haven't, and it's a shame. But I, I don't know. I feel like also kind of what you were saying is there was so much hype when it came out. Um, like maybe kind of letting it settle for a little bit. Like, but it, it feels like people stopped talking about it pretty quickly. I mean, not pretty quickly, but like you know, after a week or so, like, yeah, we hit, everybody was talking about it and how great it is. And now it's like a couple people talking about it here and there, but Top Gun Maverick is still, people are talking about that, you know? Yeah. I wonder so, what it is about that. Because I mean, it's, probably, it's probably the Hulu thing. Yeah. They did make a point of it, like being the most streamed thing on Hulu period. Yeah. But yeah, the, the general result of that is probably that everybody saw it that opening weekend and then right, except for me. done with it. Yeah. You don't. But, you don't I know have to deal with. Seen it a couple of times too, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you don't have to deal with like sold out theaters. Like, oh, right. I couldn't get a ticket to see Prey, so everyone could just watch. I mean, I live in Iowa, so I don't have that problem. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I get I get in theory that whole yeah that or you know discount nights is still you know packed or or whatever you know so yeah, yeah it, I don't have a reason. Uh, but the rest of these on my list are kind of ones that either like word of mouth really sold it for me, or it's like. Kind of like Men is on my list. That was a good example of one I was really excited about. And then all the reviews were kind of like, not sure what to make of this movie, but it's Alex yeah. Garland. So, you know, so it's like, yeah, I still that's... really want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Not sure what to make of it is kind of what you would expect for a review of an Alex Garland movie, maybe. Yeah. So. Especially after Annihilation. Yeah. Um, I still don't know what I think about that movie, but it's pretty. <laughs> and I think I love it, but I also yeah. kind of think I hate it sometimes. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I'm firmly in love with Annihilation, but from like, all accounts, Men is a little bit more I think I'm in love, but there's nebulous. sometimes where I'm just like, but why do I love something that I barely understand? Right. <laughs> so Maybe because you, then, you can uh, assign your own meaning to it more easily that way. Well, I, I think I think I didn't love I think I just thought it was okay, but then after listening to, I think it was Sif Pop, and Aaron talking about what he believes the movie to be, it's, uh, he, I think, I think, correct me if I'm, or, I'm wrong, but <laughs> the the thing because I, I don't think you could confirm uh, but I think Aaron's theory on the movie was that it's a metaphor for what if the world got cancer and then seeing how that explores expands and and, and I think right. that's a brilliant way to look at it uh, I don't and then think I watched I, it in that lens and I thought that was perfect yeah I don't think I heard that episode of the podcast specifically but I was firmly in the camp that it was about cancer Okay. Generally, not necessarily about like the world getting cast. Well, I think it's trying to make a physical representation on a large sure. scale of yeah. So, which I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then I watched it again, and it's like, and then there's also things like you know the 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 mimic bear in it. And, yeah, that doesn't really tie into it, but it's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> it was terrifying. Yeah, 
you can sell the entire movie on that one bear. You can. And then people wouldn't mind it. It was just 30 seconds. That could be the best <laughs> short ever made. It's just about exactly. So yeah, men is on that list because I loved shit house. Uh, Cha Cha real smooth is also up there um, because I was already intrigued. And then all the reviews came out. Bodies, bodies, bodies is up there for me as one that I would really like to go see. Uh, I have I a think couple I'm, of... I'm legally obligated to watch that movie because it's a Dutch director, so... <laughs> I, think, I, <laughs> uh, I think I have a couple days off this week, so maybe I'll go check out um, Bodies, 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 if I can. RRR, it's not out here yet, which is it's weird. Not... No, it's like mm-hmm. the 8th, I think, it comes out here. Okay. It's really strange. So the RRR is also one of those. That was one that kind of came out of nowhere, but that's also a three hour long movie. So, yeah. you know, Bob's Burgers, Elvis, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Ambulance, The Adam Project. Those are all kind of like, yeah, you probably, probably don't need to see them, but I would like to. And then uh, and then because it came out this week and because of hearing Shane and Robert rave about them, Hung for Jesus, Save Your Soul is definitely very high up on my list now. Hmm. Um, definitely want to catch that one before the end of the year, for sure, if not sooner. Um, and I guess the one thing that isn't on here is I still haven't seen Marcel the Shells with, with shoes on, and that just pains me because it looks adorable. It's still playing in my theater, so I think if there's one thing I can go see, it might be Marcel the Shell, or it might be Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I don't know. Maybe Marcel is on. Yeah, Marcel the Shell isn't on the release schedule at all here yet, so I don't That's know if so it's sad. like a very tiny release or very specific somewhere. I don't know. Or if it's going to be like in the case of Pig, where we had to wait like over a year for it to be released here. Which is yeah. so weird. Oh, all right. So Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is available for me to buy in like on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. So, okay. So maybe the day this episode premieres. Yeah. Maybe it's just direct to digital here. It could be. Maybe. Not everything know, gets a either, theater. Either way, that means I'll be watching Marcel the Shell this week then. Uh, oh, so maybe okay. I'll, so I'll go see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies in theaters. Yeah. I mean, the only really big thing that I could theoretically put on the list is Nope. I haven't seen Nope. Mm. But then again, then I'd have to wrestle with the fact that I haven't seen Us or Get Out. I don't. I mean, you don't really have to, but like... No, but I feel like I think you should probably watch Get Out at least first before you get into Nope. I don't know that you have to watch either first, but it's one of those that like... You know, it, it almost feels... Kind of like when you start watching a trilogy. Like, you don't just pick up a movie... And like watch one, and then a year later watch the second one, right? Exactly. Like if, yeah. If I'm gonna you watch see, Back to the Future, I'm gonna watch two and three. So that's yeah. why it feels like, like a commitment. Some right. It feels like a commitment. It feels like I'm gonna do that. So may, I mean, maybe that's why, because you know that as soon as you do Nope, then you're gonna have to dedicate time for us and get out. But yeah, especially because people say that's clearly the better movie. <laughs> yeah, I would say both of them are the better movies, but um, yeah. I don't know. I think people are split on Nope as people were split on us, and I fall positively on us so and i fall slightly negatively on nope Hmm. just slightly i still liked it but like you know anyway so yeah but yeah i'm not necessarily a horror fan so (laughs) that's why i've been avoiding those for all this time so yeah probably not gonna get around to nope before i get around to something like get out that's all right well all right well there's some things that are on our watch list that we got that we're trying to get around to sometime relatively soon so just one random question then before we move on. Chris, I got to know, uh, what is that the first thing that you drink when you wake up? It's a glass of water. Okay. Very boring. Very boring. Well, I was wondering, like, you know, I feel like coffee is most people's answer. Um, I mean, wa- I mean, water would be a pretty similar, but I'm just like, I don't know. Is there like a specific like Dutch tea or whatever? I don't know. Wow. There <laughs> probably are specific 
teas that only the Dutch would drink, but I'm not a tea drinker, so I wouldn't necessarily know. I try really hard to only drink water. So it's, okay. it's part of like a, like a health thing that I'm trying to be better at and oftentimes failing with a soda or whatever. But I am trying to drink less soda. So I, I now drink coffee in the morning, not because I like coffee, but because it's better than soda. Like, yeah, arguably. so like and and it still feels like a morning drink. And we just like even even coffee is like better for me than orange juice or like the orange juice I buy, you know, um, not low sugar, low calorie, whatever. You just yeah, it tastes like toothpaste, you know, the actual like <laughs> good Sunny D or Tropicana or whatever. Like, you know, so it's and I still put cream and sugar in it, but it's like that's still healthier. Um, and, and coffee does have its benefits like to the body. The grinds, can, you know, have the like heart health. As long as you don't overdo it, I definitely don't overdo it. So yeah, I mean, you can overdo just about anything. Right. But it's and like, I've when, overdone when you, soda for the last twenty-seven years. Yeah, I mean, I was like that for a long time as well. Like I for for like years, it was like, well, I don't, I don't like the taste of water, so I'm just gonna drink other things. And Me then too. when you force yourself to generally be on like a, an only water diet, you didn't notice that. No, you don't dislike the taste of water. It's just that you know your taste buds have, have been manipulated by so much other stuff over such a long period of time that it's it's just that water has no taste. Like that's the exactly thing. like yeah. and and it's like you know my my thing has always been like why would I want to put something like that in my body? Like I I drink drinks to enjoy, like like I drink I drink alcohol not because of the effects of usually not because of the effects of alcohol but because I like the taste of it. Like because I I I like you know, this, whatever concoction I choose to make or, sure. um, or things like, like, you know, and I don't, I don't know, like, I just feel like if I'm, if I'm eating, if I'm eating something, I want to taste it. If I'm drinking something, I want to taste it. I'm trying to get better. Um, I got this, cir- it's a circle bottle. Um, and it's, so it's like CRR, C-I-R-K-U-L. I got this bottle that essentially has like a flavor infuser pot as it comes out. So it's mm. kind of like a Mio, like if, when you squirt like a, like a flavoring into the water, um, except it's zero calories and zero sugar. And honestly, okay. like they have this fruit punch one that tastes just like a red Gatorade. So like I'm, st- I'm getting flavor now, but I'm still getting zero calories, zero sugar. So I'm doing my best to drink exclusively that when I'm at work, which is most of the time now. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's better for you than, than coffee or soda. I, I yeah, imagine. absolutely. So, but I, most of the time, you know, I, like I said, I drink coffee now, but not because I like coffee. I drink Folgers um, or actually my, I have these K-Cups that are uh, uh, from Donut Shop. It's like a coconut mocha one. So like hmm. stuff that doesn't really taste like coffee and then cream and sugar. So yeah, I'm definitely not a snob. But <laughs> it's, it's mostly it's, just to wake up in the morning. I don't even need the caffeine. Like hmm. I'm, I'm totally fine. It's just it's just a drink that is fitting. That yeah. is that you can taste and that does something for you. <laughs> You don't have to understand that. My phone wants to, uh, apparently. So anyway, I'm not talking to you, phone. I'm talking to Chris. <laughs> so yeah, this wasn't a great question for me, just because I, I do try not, to drink nothing. It is a good question. It sparks some good conversation. That's all yeah, good. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, let's talk about some movies again. Um, so we got three coming out this weekend, uh, at least in the States. Again, I'm not totally positive. You, I mean, if you're just now getting... Uh, what was the one you said come out, comes out on the 8th? Um, uh, bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Bodies, yeah. Bodies, Bodies, right? So, like, if you're just now getting that, I don't know when you're getting Pinocchio or... Well, that should Barbie. be international if it's a Disney Plus thing. 
That's true. Oh, is this a Disney Plus? Yeah, it is. All right. Sorry, yeah. I did not do my research this week. <laughs> that's okay. So but yeah, the other two I, I really couldn't tell you. I highly doubt. Well, you haven't said the other ones yet, so. Yeah, it's Barbarian so, and Clerks Three. So. Yeah, I highly doubt that Clerks Three will be available here, just because of the way that Kevin Smith tends to do his releases lately. Mm, uh, and Barbarian, I hadn't seen any of his things for either. So. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. We'll see. I, anyway. Okay, so not me not having having very little to do, very little knowing about these movies. Let's dive into it, Chris. Which one would you like to start with? Let's start just in order. Let's start with Pinocchio. All right. So the um, plot synopsis here on IMDb says a live action adaptation of Pinocchio, uh, written and directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, also Carlo Collodi um, and Chris Weitz. This is a uh, starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Uh, and then we got uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket, um, the voice, of course. Cynthia Erivo in here, uh, Sheila Atim, also Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, some of these voice actors, some of them not. Uh, I don't know, Luke Evans. Is there anybody I'm missing, Chris? Uh, I think those were the big ones, yeah. Um, yeah. The trailer made a big point of Tom Hanks, of course, and then yeah, Keegan-Michael Key, Luke Evans, Cynthia Erivo, and that's pretty much all they mentioned in the trailer. Well, and this uh, uh, Sheila Atim was in uh, Multiverse of Madness as Sarah, the like person that sacrifices herself. Yeah. At the, I don't um, think I've seen her in anything other than that. I don't think I have either, but she, it, it's a face I recognize now. So I was like, oh, she, it looks like she was in the unaired Game of Thrones uh, prequel pilot that never got made. Oh. Um, but it looks like she's been in a ton. Like his, her first credit is 2016, and then like a ton of stuff in 2019, 2021. So it looks like she's just kind of one of those coming out. And I mean, she's going to be in, in Multiverse of Madness, Pinocchio, and then The Woman King later this month. So like, that's a good year. Yeah, and then The Agreement, which was a short that came out here. Anyway, I haven't seen the trailer. Um, just for record, this is a Disney Plus um, exclusive, so no theaters. Uh, coming September 8th, that's this Friday. Um, I'd imagine that'd be worldwide, like you said. Yeah. So, Chris, I gotta know, what are your thoughts? Um, let's let's take away the Disney Plus aspect, let's take away schedule, budget, any issues that might arise. Nothing is keeping you from seeing this movie, except for your free will. Are you going to the theaters? Are you gonna wait till you can rent it at home? Wait till it's on the streaming service you already pay for, or are you not interested in seeing this movie? If this was a, was a theater release, I would, at, at the most, wait for streaming. I don't know if, if the trailer... Um, downed me on this, or or I was just already down. Yeah, I I really don't need these live action adaptations of old uh, Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't need The Lion King. I didn't need Aladdin. I didn't need Beauty and the Beast. I don't need this one. Either. Fair, fair. Yeah, I'm thinking like uh, having not seen the trailer, only seeing the voice cast. I'm probably gonna go a little higher. I would say rent uh, at home. I mean, there's for the big reason of like I think the voice casting here is is pretty great so far. I mean, seeing against like Cynthia Revo, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Jiminy Cricket should be honestly maybe steal the show, which will be a feat to do from Tom Hanks. You know, I, I feel like there's 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 a lot of promise in what's been assembled here. I mean, Zemeckis too. That's that's gold. Um, so it's just one of those kind of like you said, it's, I don't think I would ever be, I don't think I can be an opening weekend anymore for these live action remakes because I never saw the Lion King. I don't intend on doing it. I liked the jungle book. I haven't seen it since release, but like, I remember really liking that. That one was good. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed Aladdin. It's nothing compared to the cartoon, but Aladdin was enjoyable. Uh, Like I'd much prefer the animated film, but 
quite liked the live action film. I haven't seen the Beauty and the Beast. I saw the Lily Rose, Kenneth Branagh, Cinderella one, and that's fine. Um, my wife really likes it, so she maybe watch it one day. It's fine. Um, you know, and the uh, Mulan was pretty bad, and uh, <laughs> like the most forgettable movie ever, which is a shame. And then, uh, yeah, what was the other? I think it was another. Oh, D- yeah, Dumbo. I did stay Dumbo, away, I yeah. stayed away from Tim Burton's Dumbo. They did a Lady and the Tramp one for Disney Plus as well. Oh, that's right, they did. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, so the best one of the bunch for me was probably Cruella, and that's not even a remake. That's just no, a, it's a prequel, it's a, kind yeah. of a prequel, I guess. It's on a, what like a pre-requel, like <laughs> I guess. I mean, it, same it, with it, like the Maleficent movies. Yeah, I would I would be in the same camp where it kind of like sets up a new timeline, but is a prequel. Well, Maleficent's is. No, Maleficent's a prequel. I think so, yeah, because they lead into, like, the sequel to Maleficent kind it's, of leads it's a, no, into... No, it's a retelling of Sleeping Beauty from a different perspective. That's what Sure, it is. yeah. Because the events of Sleeping Beauty still happen at the end of the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. My wife really likes that one. I didn't hate it. It's I don't fine. think... I don't know just, if it it's needed not great, to be done. but it's not yeah. bad, you know? Uh, the sequel's bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... I really like Cruella, though, so if they could yeah, make Cruella's more great. like that... I would throw Cruella in the camp of, like, if we're counting that in this category, that'd be my favorite. If not, Jungle Book. Jungle Book's solid. Um, then Aladdin. Yeah, I, I, I don't need this. I posed the question a while ago that, like, I, I want to see different takes. Like, I want to see, uh, I think it was, like, Red is the Red's Room of Starting. Like, I posed a question for the B-plot, and we did, uh, you have to do a live-action remake of a Disney film, but you pick the director, and, like, they get full reign to do whatever they want, because, like, Tim Burton Dumbo kind of sounds like it would work, you know? And then it didn't. And then it didn't. And then all, everything about Mulan figured it should have worked, and then it didn't. So, like, I, I remember, I think I said, like, um, oh, like, I know I had Edgar Wright for one of them. I think that was The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, he'd be great or, for that. And then I think, I, or maybe I had J- Damien Chazelle for that. Um, hmm. Either way, I think that'd be great. So I don't even know what I'd want to do there because there's such a big backlog of Disney movies to choose from. But that, but that's what I'm saying. But like, get a director that has a style and let them do their thing. Like, how about it's just off the top of my head. How about Kevin Smith's Fox and the Hound? <laughs> like, you you just have to find the Disney movie that's most about a couple of people talking, and then Kevin Smith could do that. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, now I'm, now I'm thinking about all the emotional heartbeats of the Fox and the Hound. I'm like, no, not Ke- not Kevin Smith. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It it just feels like like I want I I don't want them to just be remakes. I want them to be reimaginings. Like like I think I think Maleficent. Like what they did with Maleficent, do that. Um, or yeah. or retell it in a certain way. Like I think Aladdin added to the story in in ways that was lo- lots of fun. So anyway, not not to retread on way old ground, but just I, I'm not interested in another Pinocchio movie unless it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio because. Yeah, he's going to bring certainly... something fresh and original to that that we'll get yeah, to. Yeah, and knowing that's coming so soon after this one really makes mm-hmm. me not want to like sour myself yeah. on Pinocchio with this one. You want to go in fresh to the other one? It's almost just like yeah, like a classic examples of like remember, like Deep Impact and Armageddon coming out really close to each other or like Olympus has fallen and White House down. Like yeah. one of those looks great, one of those looks okay, and guess what? sometimes they're both just okay <laughs> yeah but sometimes like olympus has fallen i think is a great action movie and white house down is a piece of trash so like you know like i, I don't I mean, want i don't, I don't, I don't think want i've to... seen olympus has fallen 
but yeah, White House Down was not. It's great. like a solid like Die Hard twenty five years later, like you know. Sure. It's worth your time. The first That's one. That's probably the, how they pitched it as well, like Die Hard in yeah. the White House. Yeah, and then the second one is uh, it's fine, you know, it's okay, and the third one is a giant piece of poop. Yeah, but they made those because the first one did all right. Probably. Yeah, because the first one's great. Yeah. So anyway, the. Uh, it, yeah, kind of, kind of along. The, it's hard to get excited about this movie when Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is, is just across the way. Like if 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 Guillermo del Toro's came out now and Zemeckis's was coming out later, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like let me see. I'll be excited. I'm more excited for del Toro's, so I'll you know I'll see that first, and then I can get excited about Zemeckis's. But yeah, it's a really weird thing when it's so clear that for the Disney production, their source material is their own adaptation. And then mm. for the other one coming out, the source material is clearly just the original work. Right. That's so weird to me. Like, if you, like, it's not like there are rights issues at hand here. Like, Disney could readapt the original source material. Yep. But they, they seem, should. they seem so focused on doing the thing that they've already done. And look, I understand why they're doing it because I think they're afraid that kids 20 years from now aren't going to want to watch a 1920s animated film. So we got it. But, but this is a story we care about and it's going to make, billion dollars at the box office so we want to retell that we want we want to make sure that cinderella stays a household name that you know that uh that jungle book remains a household family film but like you know are kids going to be interested in the old hand-drawn 2d animation stuff and kids freaking should be but you know yeah but thanks to pixar they aren't and thanks to i mean even just general achievements in animation i mean you look at what even illumination and skydance uh dreamworks are doing you know um, yeah. As well as Disney outside of Pixar. Like, why would you watch Cinderella when you can watch Big Hero 6? Like, you know, so anyway, I mean, I realize those are two very different films, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I haven't seen Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah, wow. I, I imagine they so, want why, like, why, parents Here's who a little remember. bit better comparison. Why would you watch Cinderella when you could watch Moana? Right. You, you also probably Moana? wouldn't. But. I've seen Moana, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you probably wouldn't. But like, the, the, the question that follows is would you then watch a live-action Cinderella over Moana. Depends on how well it's made. Okay, but you can make that same clarification for basically anything that they can put money down for. Sure. So but the problem is they're new. not making them really well. Yeah, so it's it's basically just them thinking, well, as long as we make new versions, they will stay evergreen. But that's not how culture works. Or, or if they were setting these up to essentially like set up sequels, I'd be fine with that. You know, like if they made the the Jungle Book so they could make the Jungle Book 2, or if they made Lion King so they could like make Lion King one and a half, like, you know, like in live action form, like reinvigorate, maybe even get, uh, get some more, get some more IP, get some more use out of the IPs as opposed to making sequels to the animated stuff, you know, because we all know how that went in the 90s, Aladdin 2 and 3 and Cinderella 2. And yeah, 2. but they only made those because the the original that they came out with was such a cultural touchstone. Right. And you don't know that ahead of time when you're remaking. But if, so you, you, could, can... if you could remake it now and set up for, you know, like, like Cruella, right? Set up for, well, I mean, I don't think it really set up for it, but they're getting a sequel. Uh, like, I don't think it intentionally mm-hmm. set up for it, but because of the lawsuit and because Corella performed really well, it's getting a sequel and I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. I'd yeah, much it, rather it have, I'd much way rather have can... Corella 2 than Pinocchio, for sure. Same. Well, yeah, Corella doesn't necessarily end for a sequel. It just ends in a, in a point where you can see where it leads into 101 Dalmatians. And I think that was the point. I mean, kind of. Not really, I mean, kind of. 
Yeah, you I mean they end it somewhere where you can see eventually. You're like, oh, she has the hair in the Dalmatians now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's probably still the Disney movie that I'm looking forward to the most is Cruella too, which is weird. I mean, for like that genre of stuff, yeah. But yeah, if you I mean, also want to look at Star Wars, so. right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, as far as like classic Disney tales, sure. yeah. Well, let's move on to Barbarian. Uh, Barbarian here. A woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that how she is rented is not what it seems. This is written and directed by Zach Greger, um, starring um, I don't Bill recognize. Skarsgård. Yeah, I don't recognize the girl. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, uh, Justin Long, uh, Richard Brake. Oh, I recognize him. He was in uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service. He's the guy that roofied them. Hmm. And Kate Bosworth. I mean, just a, a screenshot that I have like lives in my head rent free. You know, him, like, nodding his head in the nightclub. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Barbarian. Again, having not seen the trailer, um, that's probably going to impact the- Whoa! This is written and directed by uh, the one of the guys from Whitest Kids You Know. That's who that is. That's insane. Okay. Wow. Did not know that. <laughs> Don't know who those people are, so... Oh, did you ever see Miss March? Like, 2006 comedy? No. Okay. Um, they The Whitest Kids You Know did that. Um, like that was like, the, I think it was, uh, I think they started off as YouTube stuff and then they got their own show somewhere. I don't, I, I watched some of their stuff on YouTube and then, okay. but it had a pretty solid cult following. And then I saw Miss March and that's honestly like a, it's 2009 comedy. So it like fits right in there with like some of the stuff hasn't aged well, but mm. it's, it's fine. If it's on Netflix, pick it up, you know, it's another one for the comedians turning into horror. Then. Yeah, and that's like the thing that now I'm super interested in this movie. So I'll go ahead and kick it off saying I might go check this out in theaters. <laughs> like, and Bill Skarsgård can play it. Like, he did Pennywise. So, like, mm-hmm. I want to see him do more roles like that. And how Justin Long fits in here, I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. Like, <laughs> yeah, am I, am, am I wrong to have to have this these thoughts? Like, are you with me? Are you? you I don't know. Crazy because... right now? I did see the trailer, and it tells you nothing. So, it, it's as a trailer should be. Yeah, yeah. Which, which to me, only signals that it's a horror movie, and it's probably going to be gross and gory and disgusting, and I'm not going to enjoy it. So, I, I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we look at the the terms of yeah, comedians turning to horror stuff. I mean, Jordan Peele seems to be the biggest success, but he's certainly not the only example. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I, I look at what Bill Hader's done with Barry, and that's sometimes very horror um it's not it's not the same but you know it's uh at least in the same realm so but yeah like and i think yeah there's 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 definitely other examples but like i'm really interested in this phase of yeah people that have done comedy aren't people that are known for comedy doing something different now because it's been home runs for the most part so like i can't think of a bad example off the top of my head uh me neither but that's Mostly because I don't necessarily watch a lot of horror stuff, so I don't really keep tabs on who's making them. Like, obviously, I know uh, the bigger names like, you know, Jordan Peele and Lee Winnell, although Lee Winnell was not a comedian. Right. But, yeah. I want to see Lee Winnell come out with a comedy. That'd be, that'd be something I, I would <laughs> see actually... See if it works like. in the inverse. Honestly, like, a lot of people say that, like, comedy is harder. So mm-hmm. maybe that's, that's a good training ground for... Because it's all about timing and stuff, and that's case with horror sometimes as well so maybe that is a yeah. good field to get into before you, you know, start scaring people yeah we'll see well time will tell um but at least so far i think it's doing pretty well hmm. yeah so I, i'm really excited for this movie all of a sudden so that's yeah this is probably going to be a skip from me unless i you know, that's okay. see the grades coming in and see like 
it's getting four stars everywhere. I'm like, well, maybe. Have you, it, I know the two big horror films I can think of this year are The New Scream and The Black Phone. Have you, mm-hmm. Did you see either of them, both of them? I have not seen either of them yet, but you know, Scream is, is a franchise that I have kept up with a little bit, mostly because of all the, the meta-narrative and stuff that it does. Well, Scream is in its own camp because it is... It is genuinely scary, but it is mm-hmm. also a commentary yeah, I mean, with, on with movies. Of commentary, like it. yeah, because like, it is meta, but like it is, it is worth watching even if you don't like scares because you can see they're pointing out a bunch of tropes, and even yeah. without seeing all the movies that they're troping, you know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So as soon as Scream comes on a streaming service or something, I will probably check it out. I don't know it's about Paramount the Plus here, so I don't know how that works. Yeah, that does not exist. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Black Phone I might see at some point. I mean, I haven't seen Sinister, so yeah, I, I wouldn't okay. know how to how to compare Derrickson's other work that isn't Doctor Strange. I mean, I, yeah, and even Sinister is such a different movie than the Black Phone, uh, right? But in a good way. Like they're both like. Is it even a, like... a full horror movie? The Black Phone, though, is it just like a thriller? Uh, I would say it's a good mix of the both, where Sinister is just straight up horror. Right. Yeah, I might watch the Black Phone at some point. But also, Sinister is not like your traditional horror. It's 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 environmental for ninety percent of it. Right. You I mean, know, there's it's, there's it's horror tension. that I right. Yeah, that's that's the good kind of horror generally. Yes. There's there's horror that I do enjoy, but I don't go seeking it out. Okay. Uh, well, then let's move on to Clerks Three, another horror movie coming out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask, probably. Yeah, it depends on how you feel about Kevin. Uh, it looks like, so this says it's coming out September 13th, so I guess that would typically mean that I would talk about it next week, but whatever, it's already on the schedule. I just, it must have either got pushed back a week or or maybe it's like a limited this week, like in New York and LA, and it'll be public next week. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, could be something like that. I know that with the, release dates changing all the time, like, I'm not, I don't care about it enough, so. Yeah, I think, like, Smith's last couple movies, he toured with them, like he took them on the road. Like he was in a different place every week. He's doing that again, but I think it's after the initial release because he's coming to Iowa City and I really wanted to go, but it's in November, like two months after this comes out. Wow. And tickets are 50 bucks. And I'm not paying 50 bucks <laughs> to go see a movie that's been out two for months two later. Months. Yeah. Like, I'm very interested in the watch it with Kevin Smith and have a QA, but yeah. Um, anyway, it looks like release date is the 13th, so I don't know. Or maybe is the, is the 13th next, like, Wednesday? Because if it's before the next epi- before the next episode coming out, that would make sense. Uh, 13th is on Tuesday. Okay, yeah, so it's before the next episode launches. So yeah. that's why it's on this. Season. Great. I'm not dumb. Yeah, and it looks like it is starting on the 13th here in my city. So, um, like, it is it is legitimately the 13th, not one of those New York and L.A on the 13th yeah. and everywhere else in the 18th. So, yep, so the 13th. Does that make sense? Uh, obviously, a sequel to the first two clerks, part of the Busek universe. Uh, Dante, Elias, and uh, Jade Silent Bob are enlisted by Randall after a heart attack to make a movie about the convenience store that started it all. Of course, written and directed by Kevin Smith, and this seems to just have the whole gang back together. Um, pretty much all the regular Busek universe people. Yeah, and uh, of course, focusing on the clerks. So... Chris, same scale, all that. How excited are you about Quirks 3? I'd probably put this down for rent. I don't think there's a whole lot that, that would get me to a theater to watch a Kevin Smith movie, but I am, I don't know, I, I, I guess I still am able to categorize myself as a fan of Kevin Smith, but I'm, I'm probably more of a fan of the person than the filmmaker Kevin Smith. 
Oh, 100%. But I still like filmmaker Kevin Smith. (laughs) But yeah, the person, like, he's become such a pop culture icon because of things like Fat Man on Batman, more so than Clerks. Yeah. Um, Or things like uh, Comic Book Man, you know, like. Yeah. The fact that he sees, you know, the fact that people just interview him, like, did you cry at the latest superhero movies? Like, of course I did. Like, you know, he's. Yeah, he cries with everything. Of course. He's like, he's like, uh, is he the first, like, popular nerd? Like, did he, like, is that, I mean, I'm sure there was more, I'm sure there was more before him, but like, was he kind of the person that people. Monetize his nerd. Okay. Well, I was like, is he, is he the first person to, like, make being nerdy cool? Like. For a he famous person be. to be nerdy, like it, it really feels that way. Like he's always wearing hockey jerseys everywhere, which awesome. Um, and then and and he's always talking about comics. He he knows his stuff. He's not a poser, you know. Yeah, he's definitely one of the first people who made movies about people like him who just like movies and talking about movies. Sure. So in, in a way that isn't you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's. Exactly. People, you know? I mean, yeah. even Clerks was just you know Dante and Randall hanging out at the store talking about Star Wars. I mean, right. How many movies like that exist? Maybe more nowadays, but fanboys is the only one I could think of. Yeah, but even that has a plot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So beyond that, it's it is just him, maybe, and maybe like some movies have characters that have that sort of like categorization or. You know, sort of like aspect to the characters, but those are usually side characters, like the nerds that show mm-hmm. up in, in some other movies. Like a lot of high school movies deal with that sort of in the background, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and land with you right on Rent as well. Uh, like, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go actually see this in the theaters. Um, but in terms of my excitement, like, I'm just held back a little bit only because I, I can't fully get along with the concept of this movie. I mean, I love that Clerk Series happening. I love that. It's it's got uh, it's got the crew back together. I love. It, it felt like Jane Silent Bob reboot was meant to be kind of a magnum opus to this universe, but it sucked. Um, I really hated that movie. <laughs> like I really hated that movie. So, but like it kind of and and he he kind of mentioned you know Kevin Smith only made that movie because Jason Mewes got clean. So like yeah, you know, and great. I'm happy the movie exists then because uh, I'm happy he got clean. Um, and so maybe Clerks 3 is is going to be the ending. To, I don't know if this... It really kind of feels like this is going to be the end of the East universe, unless for some reason he gets rights to Dogma and decides to make Dogma 2, which I could totally see happening. Um, yeah, if, if he's totally able to do that, he probably would, because he's probably got a lot more to say about how he feels about religion these days. Well, that, and then just the combination of... Like, that's... It's not really in the Siski universe. It has mythical elements to it. You know, it, yeah. it has. There's a lot more freedom to play in that. You know, it's not. You know, mall rats and clerks or nerds hanging out. You know, yeah. um, dogma. It'd make a lot of sense if this is the it, last one. It would, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, and I'm, a, I'm a big Siski universe fan. Um, I, I haven't seen. I don't think any of the movies more than once, except for Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. I've seen two or three times. But like, I've really liked all of them. I liked Mallrats. I really like Chasing Amy. Um, the ver- the first Clerks is fine. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm sure I'll like it better. I'll watch it before Clerks three um, and Clerks two. I think is really great. So like, um, and I really like Dogma as well. Uh, I don't think there's any I miss. I didn't see Yoga Hosers. I don't think that's the uh, Skew Universe. I'm not positive because that's that's like he was going to do like his True North trilogy. I think he called it. And then he was going to make a movie called Moose Jaws, which is a great title. Um, it's about a killer moose. <laughs> it's still announced. 
it's still on as yeah i don't know if he's still like in the process of getting funding for that or whatever but yeah that, those were the movies that he wanted to do with his kid and lily rose Depp. right well it's supposed to be separate i guess and it's kind of adjacent, um, but you know, Zach and Miri make Zach and Miri make a porno is is a solid film. Like, it's a for what it is, you know. It's yeah, only adjacent his... because there's like one. I think the Justin Long attorney character appears in right, yeah, reboot, yeah. So I think that's that... the only way it's kind of related. So it's not officially because they were different studios. Yeah, Zach and Miri was basically Kevin Smith trying to show that he could make a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, and it was fine for what it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jersey Girls, the other one I haven't seen. So right, Jersey Girls fine. I'm not sure if that is a ski universe or not. I don't know. Probably, I well, it's hard to say what is and isn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, there's probably a couple cameos in Jersey Girl that might suggest that it is. But well, and if we want to go with the whole like RJ and Silent Bob in it, then yes, is right, then Screen Three is a ski universe. Screen Three so. is a, a ski universe movie. Yes. Yeah. So. um Anyway, but then Degrassi uh, is an Universe series. Oh, <laughs> I think you're onto something. So I like the Universe. I mean, there's just something about the concept of this film. So I mean, I did see the trailer for this one when it launched. It, it's just so the idea is Dante is Dante and Elias are making a movie about about like the events of the Clerks, the first Clerks. Like that's kind of the yeah, premise. Is that's kind of the idea I got as well. And it can be really. It, it could come off really great, or it could come off really bad, and I'm just I'm nervous, you know, uh, because mostly because I really hated Jane Silent Bob reboot, um, which I I'm real I was really excited for that because tra- that trailer was great, hated the movie, you know, I, it relatively fresh and original concept. I mean, a little bit too meta, but I just I, I'm i love the exci- I'm love that this movie exists. I love that I'll be able to see it soon. I'm just a little cautious given the direction that it's taking because. I don't want it to be too much callbacks to remember the good old days that the present isn't good, you know? Right. I don't want them to just be like, well, clerks work. So let's just make clerks again in 2022. That's yeah. It's a really weird thing too, because like Kevin Smith really clearly, especially for clerks, like he writes about his own life, right? That's why he he wrote clerks to begin with because he worked at the quick stop. So he, he wanted to make that movie at his own place of work. And then clerks too, I think was about, um, him trying to deal with being stuck somewhere he thought he was beyond at that point, sure. which yeah. translated back to like the clerks still working as clerks. And then now he had a heart attack and he r- really wanted to make another movie. Okay, so the movie is about Dante having a heart attack and really wanting to make a movie. So it, it completely makes sense that he stays within that pocket. But yeah, it does at some point you have to start wondering, okay, can this then actually work? Like at what point are you? Does, does that mean that does that mean that Clerks Four we're going the Clerks Four is going to be a sequel to the movie that they make in Clerks Three, or does that <laughs> or does that mean that Clerks Four is going to be about making the movie about making the movie? Like, is it just going to keep on extending out? Or yeah, uh, I get the feeling that this only then works if this is the last one, which makes sense right. to me because the amount of work he had to do to get Jeff Anderson to even agree to come back. Yeah. This is probably yeah. yeah this is probably it, the swan song of this. and and that's and that's totally okay. Look, unless again, unless we get a dogma sequel or unless we get like a proper blunt man and chronic, you know, like that's, <laughs> that would uh, be the only thing I think. That, yeah, two, those would be the only things. I think. And then I think he was talking about making actual, like they'd have to light year that. I think he was talking about making Mallrats two at some point, but like yeah, but he couldn't I get the rights from Universal back. 
Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I know. I know there's so many different rights issues, but I also think that Mallrats was like is only popular because of what follows. Probably, yeah. So, like, I wonder if people are just like Mallrats two wouldn't make money. Um, so, I, I, don't know, I know there's tons of different rights issues and and all that. So the whole thing just gets complicated. So, but yeah, Bluntman and Chronic and uh, and Dogma two about be about the only things after this, unless this winds up being great and reinvigorating something new and fresh. But yeah, but I, even I, then, I'd hope but, he'd have different ideas. Yeah, and even even what you're what you're saying, I mean, just how he writes this based off of where he's at in life. I mean, maybe this feels like a good a proper send off, and I hope it is. Anyway, that's that's some Clerks three talk. Uh, I'm really excited to watch this one. I'm going to go check it out just as soon as I can, which I don't know when that'll be, but hopefully I have a day off tomorrow that I can just go catch it in a theater. But well, we'll move on uh, real quick. Chris, people have gotten a chance to hear some of your stuff, so where do you want to send them to hear more of your movie thoughts? You can go follow me on Letterboxd. Just type in my name or uh, username Chris Batkinson, and you will be swamped with all of my hot takes about movies that I like or don't. Whoop, whoop. Uh, and then also a quick reminder, Patreon exists. Patreon.com slash SifPodWR. Uh, check out all the stuff there. Appreciate you thinking about it. Now on to the Sif topic. Our nostalgia pick for Con Monte Cristo. Chris, I gotta know, before we get into anything, I gotta know, why did you pick this movie? Um, yeah, and then we'll get into history. But why you could have picked any movie in the world? Why'd you pick Monte, Monte Cristo? Yeah, I, I realized when we were talking about Highlander last time I was on that a lot of my teenage years watching movies were really in that typical like swashbuckler type genre. So I could have gone for this. I could have gone for the '90s Mask of Zorro. Mm-hmm. That whole genre of film really was my happy place for a very long time, and I chose this version. Uh, or this movie specifically, because I think this is probably the most obscure among the genre of the late 90s, early 2000s, um, that I still really enjoyed. So I mm-hmm. both both wanted to like talk about it in a nostalgia sense and also maybe kind of signal boost it a little bit. Okay. So, Conan Monte Cristo, of course, just a new adaptation, classic revenge tale. Um, you, I'm sure you've heard it in one form or another. So, Chris, when did you first see it? Um, when's the last time you've seen it? About how many times would you guess you've seen it total? I think total. Of course, last I, time seeing it before for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> last time I saw it was a couple days ago. Um, I think in total, I must have seen it less than five times. I want to say, but I do remember seeing it like multiple times when it first came out uh, on video or maybe DVD already at that time. I don't know, but it will have been somewhere in the mid two thousands that I. Um, watched it a bunch and then not since then okay i have never seen this movie i've never seen any count of monte cristo movie although here's a little fun history um i'm i was familiar with the story and i was like i like i had something buried in my head of like i'm pretty sure i've seen something and i'm pretty sure it was a simpsons parody of this and then i looked it up and of course i did yeah (laughs) probably done something season 13 episode 11 is uh the, the, the count of money fatso is the first of <laughs> they're doing a uh they're, they're, they're doing a road trip i, I watched it this morning uh, <laughs> the episode because it, uh, it has a combination of the it, it's a three-part episode uh but season like 13 episode 11 it's like i don't even remember the name of the title uh of the episode but the first segment is count of monte cristo and then the second is a revenge of the nerds type they call it revenge of the geeks uh, and then the the third segment is Bartman, you know. So uh, Bartman begins. So um, they're they're all trying to highlight the dangers of revenge because here's all these stories where revenge hasn't worked out well. So 
I want to yeah, know it's... how that that Simpsons segment holds up in terms of length. Because it can't be, like, more than 10 minutes if they split an episode for it. They cut out a lot. Like, it's <laughs> literally bare bones. Uh, because I, they... was, I was thinking about this after I'd watched it and being like, this should be, like, a limited series. Yeah, that's my biggest problem with this movie, which we will definitely get to. But they cut out a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, like, they're just kind of like... Homer's walking down the street and Moe's like, oh, I'm sad. And then, because Mo, <laughs> Mo plays a villain. He's like, I'm sad. And look at him being happy. All I have is this door frame because he's like leaning. It's a fun, fun joke. <laughs> and then like the next scene is like, you're being arrested for treason. And Mo just wrote this letter. And then they're like, you know, about him saying, I, Homer Simpson. Anyway, it's very, very, very short. Um, oh, and then the first time he encounters everybody where he throws the big party, he just kills Mo. And then that's it. Like, oh, yeah. Like everything. <laughs> that will do just, it super short so but like it's simpsons it's it was fun yeah it's, it, it's, it's worth watching you know if, if you're not a fan of the simpsons like this is i feel like when they did these smaller vignettes i'm more interested in than the like trios of horrors i'm more interested in you said I, for some, season 13 you said was that yeah. still like in in their supposed golden age because they've been going for a long time yeah i mean i don't know when the golden age would end um yeah sorry season 18 episode 18, 11 okay um but still like they're on like 30 some now because season yeah. 18 would have still been like early 2000s i think it kind of i think i think that would maybe be the end of the golden age i don't know mm. um the episode is called revenge is the best it, revenge is a dish best served three times uh, ah, in case you're that makes so, sense uh okay so um, that was my only history. I saw the Simpsons episode once. I don't know how either because like I didn't watch a ton of Simpsons. Um, so maybe it was one of those like I bought a V eight like I bought a like compilation VHS or DVD or something, and this was one of the episodes. Or maybe this was one that was frequently on reruns. I don't know. I thought Sideshow Bob was in this somehow. Like I thought he was playing the the Guy Pierce character, mm. the Guy Pierce character here, but he wasn't. Maybe he plays a character like that. I'm like I know Simpsons have spit off Hamlet, and I've seen that one before too. I don't know. Something. <laughs> that was my history with the movie. Uh, so now we'll get into it. Watching it in 2022. The Count of Monte Cristo. This is the 2002 version. Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I, I really like it. I'm not okay. I'm not at the point where I say that I, I love it. And most of that is to do with the fact that so much is missing. Mm -hmm. But what I said in, in my letterbox review for it is that somehow this makes me want to see more. But it makes me not disappointed that there isn't. Like, somehow, the core of everything seems preserved. And even though I want it to be longer, I do really like what's here. This is so interesting. Uh, I'm going to go on the very low side of love it, I think. Okay. I give this a four and a half stars. Me too. So I guess we're on the same page. I, I feel exactly where you're at, but I also feel like this is this is good enough that, like, I can't not say I loved watching it. Yeah. It is absolutely one of the most entertaining things I've seen this year so far, and you know it being twenty years old. That's yeah, and it, it, honestly, I didn't really see the age very much. Um, I mean, obviously a little all, bit no. in the film quality, but like yeah, but, like but the that's fight always scenes and all that. Like it felt kind of like when you watch like Pirates of the Caribbean, you're like, oh wow, this yeah. is like could have been made now. Anyway, yeah, I I just can't not say I love this movie because honestly, everything about it worked for me. I have two mm -hmm. big cons, and and I want to. I want to hit on the one that you already mentioned. Um, there is so much that is just kind of brushed over that I really feel like there's a lot worth exploring. And this is the problem of taking a really big novel and trying to condense it into one movie. Yeah. Um, and especially like, I got to feel like there was studio pressure to get this thing to as close to two hours as possible because this is before 
Yeah, this is right around Lord of the Rings. Um, but like, yeah, that so was Fellowship would have been out. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, this is still you got to think there was studio pressure, especially this is Disney, but they released it under one of their like banners that they own, uh, yeah. Touchstone. So like, you got to think there was somebody that's saying two hour max, and it ends up coming in at like two eleven. So you got to think there was some pressure. So there's got to be some stuff missing. But ultimately, like. It feels like once he becomes the County Monte Cristo, like that felt fine. It's just all the stuff leading up to it. Like the 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 time that he spends in prison was so short. Yeah. The time that he spends, um, kind of especially becoming the count, like is just so fast. That is, yeah. That is basically just they they ride up to this dude's mansion with a cart full of gold, and they're like, "We're buying this." Right. And that that's everything, I think. Pretty much, yeah. That and then and then he appears as the count in as the you know, count, throws a big yeah. party, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's in in the season totally of television. Fun. I could have used a whole episode of him just setting up his new position, well, so, basically. So that's what I was thinking. You have one episode that's them, uh, that, that's the the Napoleon trip, mm-hmm. and then you have one episode that is the treat. The, you know, sorry, the episode ends with him being arrested, and then you have yeah. an episode that deals with the whole like false accusations and things like that. And eventually ends up with him being exiled to the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you know, so you have the escape attempt, you have all that. So the, it, the first episode ends with him being arrested and then you get to the trial and all that. And then, and then your third episode is just the prison, but not, but not, but leading up to the escape. And then your fourth episode is like the escape and then um, meeting the pirates on the shore. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like you, you do it like that, right? You have a whole episode uh, of him going to Monte Cristo, uh, of him deciding to, and then going to Monte Cristo, and then di- finding all the treasure, and then a whole episode of him planning and and, and starting his plan. Like it, this is a ten part series, uh, Easily, or, an, yeah. or, or an eight part series. Yeah, you could probably like divide the film into basically to chunks, and then use each chunk for an episode. Well, and again, if you like, it seems like with the with the age of streaming now, we're not limited to time windows anymore. So not every episode yeah, needs to be an as hour. Long, yeah. So you have a 30-minute episode, just like Stranger Things, you have a 30-minute episode, then you have an hour a episode. 90-minute like episode, yeah. Right. And then your finale is two and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, no, don't do that. So that, that that was my biggest complaint about the movie is I, I feel like there's a great story here. I just felt like it was so clunky. I was surprised that it smoothed out in the second half. Because, uh, again, yeah. pretty much as soon as he becomes the Count. I mean, not as soon as he becomes Zatara, but as soon as he becomes the Count. After that, it's, yeah. It, it's It's pretty smooth. Um, but up until then, it's just like, oh, Richard Harris is here, and he's gone. Yeah, though and, it didn't and, feel necessarily that that whole section in the prison didn't necessarily feel like too truncated. They they did a pretty good job, but they yeah they were sort of like, all right, we have to resign to having to use a montage. But here. But, the, but the problem is, we have to believe that I, I, the, they call him the priest. I, I know you wrote his actual name down here somewhere, but the, yeah. we have to believe that this guy would build enough trust in Dantes that he would tell him where this massive fortune is and yeah. be like go get it like and i just don't buy into that without seeing their relationship other than in what is essentially a montage yeah which is also basically just uh, him being like a mentor to dantes instead of like becoming his friend right that's that's the part that is kind of missing but yeah it also you- it's supposed to be i think eight years that they're together oh it felt like longer uh well the, because the he was son. he was in prison for thirteen years. Okay, but it was five years before Richard Harris even came into his cell. Okay, yeah, I was, I, I just know that the uh, the son is sixteen. He's turning 16. sixteen. Yeah, all right. So it's 
yeah, and then there's like the time that passes with him on the pirate ship. Right. We don't know necessarily how long everything put together is, but I think I, I saw 13 years imprisonment somewhere. That would okay. That would make sense. 13 years, and then and then the two years of on the pirate ship, and well, that's the other thing too. Like the scene of him uh, beating uh, oh, what's his name, Jacopo, and then he's like, "All right, you're a pirate now." And then like the next scene is like. Thanks for the time. Yeah, they're best I'm buddies. Off to go like, what? <laughs> what happened here? That's that's a season on its own. Just give me his adventures on the. Well, because it, because he was so adamant about like, what if I, I spare him mercy and then you know you you have him back and then you just let me? What if I don't compete? He's like, well, we'll cut your throat. It's like, how how did they, how do we get from that to we're friends now and you're free to go? Like these yeah. are pirates. Also, I owe you one whenever. Right. Also, I owe you one whenever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they so they do cut a lot of corners, specifically probably to get to that two hours. But and that's fine. Like, it but it just it just means the quality for is the pacing. It's yes. so brisk. Well, and you know the real meat and potatoes. The real thing they wanted to get to was the actual him as Monte Cristo. But like, yeah. But 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 really that that's your climax and resolution like your actual meat and potatoes is 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 all the build up is in and the becoming of the count that's, yeah that's kind of one of the things that i really liked about the simpsons episode was it was a lot of kind of the early parts and then he just kind of shows up and then things just right. happen and that's it and yeah. like sure it's nice that there's all this plotting like i'm going to befriend his son his son's going to like me his son's going to really respect me this is my in you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just be right in their face for a couple months. You know, like yeah, like like there is something really nice about that, but there's also like yeah. Anyway, that's my biggest problem. The other problem is I feel like, and I don't know the original source material. I don't feel like this film does enough uh, to. I don't feel like this film does enough to really show the downsides of revenge. Um, and I don't. No, I'm not familiar with the original source material. I'm not original. I'm not familiar with how the book. And or how the how the novel or any of the other adaptations are different, but I get like there's there's this warning all the, throughout the whole film about like don't let revenge consume you. It's not worth it. it, it it's gonna actually wind up having a ton of negative uh, effects on your life. And the uh, and even to the point that um, Jacopo like before the big finale, he's like, don't do it. Like you can walk away right now. You've got the girl. Just walk away. It's all good. And he's mm-hmm. like, I can't do it. I've got to go kill him now. Like. Uh, and then even at the at the big confrontation in the bar, and he's like, "We're good. Like, you don't need this. Just go. Like, um, you know, like we're we're done here. Um, I'm fine. Call it mercy or whatever. Like, it just felt like there was this big big tale of revenge isn't worth it. But but at the end, he gets the girl. He gets his son who respects him. Mm-hmm. Like, he killed his his arch enemy, and he, and he also, lost nothing. Yeah, he lost he lost nothing, and he gained a ton of riches. Like he's yeah. a bajillionaire now. Like. Yeah. What on earth is you know, and that's one of the things I also respected about the Simpsons episode was he just goes kills Mo and then uh and then Marge of course plays um Mercedes. But Marge is just like, I'm mad at you. You killed my husband. You were gone <laughs> for five years. Like I like you. Like we had a family, we had a life. Like Yeah, that doesn't exist in this version. No, and, and again, I don't know what I don't know what the source material said. I, I remember reading it in the IMDb trivia. Like one, one of them winds up going insane. One of them just, I, I don't know, but it's like, I, I feel like if you're going to tell a story like this, like there has to be something, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe when I don't want a happy ending for a story like this, I want a bittersweet ending, you know? So he dies in the process, but his family is freed and gets all the fortune or whatever. Or 
the mom dies in the process, but now he has this son, you know? Right. Uh, and all this wealth and fortune. Because uh, that's bittersweet. Uh, more bitter than sweet in that case, but yeah. that's I don't the know ending that this movie deserves. Yeah, I don't know necessarily like how many corners they did cut, but, but yeah, it, it's so exceptionally clear that Guy Pierce is just a terrible person all around. So mm-hmm. there would be there would be no reason for like Mercedes to actually like feel any sort of grief over him dying in the end. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely the sort like that part where the son was standing in between them, right? I I definitely had it in my my mind that Guy Pierce definitely like tried to kill the son as soon as he learned that he wasn't actually his. That mm-hmm. would have definitely been a thing that that character would do, and it did surprise me that he didn't. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read the source material either, which would be really helpful in this moment. But Yeah, I think I remember seeing something like it's just the different endings because the three the three people that he takes down are um the Villafont Villafort, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the the guy who was the captain of his first ship that overthrew overthrew the the old man. Yeah, then, the first mate of the uh the one the guy that has the shipping company in the end. Yeah, and then Monday yeah, like and Monday. That's kind of that's the big boss, you know. So it was one of them went insane, one of them was killed, and one of them was arrested. Right. I don't know. Uh, so I guess that's kind of how it played out in the in the movie too. But like, yeah, Guy Pierce is the only one that he actually does kill. The others get arrested. Well, there was apparently they shot the scene of Villafort being arrested. Um, one where the gun was loaded, one where it wasn't, and um, so they did it both ways. And I think I think the way that the director wanted it was the gun was loaded, but it didn't like farewell with test audiences or something it's something probably or maybe the stu- maybe the studio want i don't know it was i gotta look this up because i remember <sighs> oh also the thing uh something i saw that was really interesting that honestly makes the movie for me is that the screenwriter came up with the idea um which isn't present in the novel but that mondego and dante start out as friends he that wasn't that in it, the novel he thought that it would be more believable if it was a friend that turned out sinister uh and and then a friendship soured and that's what right. makes this movie for me. Like the the scene yeah. I think about, the moment I think about the most from this movie is where he says, "Why?" It's like because I shouldn't want to be you. Yeah, like, that's what because, makes yeah. this movie incredible to me. Because he is a noble and Dantes is a commoner, so right. Why should he feel like Dantes has things that he does not have? Right. Again, I don't. Why should I want to be? I don't. I shouldn't yeah. want to be you. Uh, in yeah. the book, that's a great line. Ferdinand is publicly humiliated by the exposure of his old crimes. Um, so that would be the... the, the oh, and he commits suicide. Uh, Villafort hmm. is driven insane, and Dantes leaves him that way. And then uh, Danglars? That's... Okay. Yeah, Danglaria. Yeah. Who's that? That's the captain, uh, or the, okay. the first mate. Okay. Uh, and then uh, he loses his wealth, his wife, his daughter, thanks to Dantes. So... Oh, here we go. The scene involving Villefort trying to kill himself and Monte Cristo asking him, did you think I'd make it that easy for you was shot in two versions? Director Kevin Reynolds thought the other version where the gun was loaded worked better and put it into the original cut. However, test audiences without the knowledge of existing footage indicated it would be better if the gun was not loaded. So the final cut was inserted. So, yep. Right. I think so, it works better this way. Yeah. Just offering the easy way out to know that he would have gone out like that and then it's well, especially it because he makes a point earlier where he's like why not just he's like i'll go in there i'll kill them all i'll go to paris like uh, the that's what jacopo says he's like, i'll go to paris i'll kill them all and i'll come back like it's all that's good. too good for them is what he said right yeah. that's too good for them but yeah that that moment that guy pierce just i should i shouldn't want to be you is is to me what makes this movie work really well so 
yeah, it turns from just somebody being greedy to actual betrayal, which is a lot more, you know, gets you invested a lot better than just some random guy. Right. Well, for the sake of time, I got to move this along. I, yeah. I hate to do that. So is, but is there anything else that you wanted to mention real quick before we get moved into the fantasy cast? I mean, it's a film. Um, it's a, it's a story that people are familiar with. It's worth oh, watching. Yeah. Uh, it's Absolutely. The, the action is really well done. Uh, it, if you don't know the story or if you do, I really liked this movie. I loved it. I just wish it was in series instead. Yeah, that's really the ba- the basic and the main thing about it is that it is probably if you have to make it within two hours, this is probably the best you can do. Yep. But it should be eight or ten. Yeah, maybe not even that. You know, six episode could be fine. Yeah, maybe. Length. Yeah, if the episode's longer. Okay, so uh, that just leaves us. We're gonna do our fantasy cast and then the spinoff. Uh, thank you for putting together the list, by the way, because I didn't see this movie until yesterday. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll go back and forth between our people. Um, so who do you have for Dantes? Right. So you want someone who can play Dantes uh, before and after the imprisonment. So you want him to be able to span like 16 years of life. That was the difficulty for me. Cause like Looking... I, there was a couple of casts that I really wanted, but I was like, but they aren't, they could not play 35 year olds. Like I really wanted, um, the girl that plays, uh, the main character in house of the dragon to play Mercedes, but she could mm. not play the older Mercedes. Well, I mean, you can do a lot with, with makeup and probably, like, I don't know how, how old or how expensive, like, the aging CG is these days. But, yeah, yeah you can do a lot. But, uh, yeah, I, so I went for, for people who probably can look like they can play both ages. So my Edmund Dantes is, uh, is actually a little bit older, but he is a baby face. I have uh, Andrew Garfield playing Edmund Dantes. I so considered him for, like, three different roles here. <laughs> yeah, great pick. Um, I, I did the same thing, uh, you know, with, with makeup, um, you could make any of my people be older or younger. So this is, I was talking with Chris about this before we recorded. I almost made this a, um, uh, shoot, I'm totally forgetting the name of the film technique now, but, um, colorblind casting, um, it's just, it doesn't matter race or anything like that. I totally thought about that, but I thought there's a really important element that I would like to see exposed here. Um, because I think if you take the friendship and you can take the class element and you can incorporate race into that as well. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have uh, Montego saying, I shouldn't want to be you, not only a lower class, but a then considered lower race. Yeah, um, that I could be that a, would add an extra a much more powerful statement than from Montego in terms of, you know, how, why would I want to be someone who I think of as lesser than me? Right. Yep. So I went with Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Yeah. I, I went. I, w- I almost went with a different person, but um, yeah, I went with Michael B. Jordan. Okay, so then who's your Montego? Who's going to be your backstabbing best friend, Andrew Garfield? Similar, similar sort of, sort of thing. Slightly older actor who who I think can pull off looking younger. My Montego is Ben Barnes, who played Billy Russo yeah. in the Punisher series. That's a really good pick. He's uh, I think he's too. also. Oh, is he? I haven't seen the first before. season. Well, that's the good one, right? Yep. <laughs> That yeah, so, uh, yeah, and I think he, he really exhibits a lot of that in Billy Russo, of that former best friend who can really uh, turn out to be just an absolute jerk by the end of it. I think For he sure. has that energy down. I, yeah, I was thinking uh, kind of along the same lines, uh, again, somebody that could play both roles. Um, I, I was thinking about that moment, again, of I shouldn't want to be you. And again, kind of coming from a position of privilege, somebody who can play who can play that really well. And I think I've used him in fantasy cast before. I try to switch it up, but I just, I really kept on coming back to Bo Burnham for this. Ah. So that's what I went with. Yeah, that's because that's basically what he is in Promising Young Woman, too. 
he's I mean he's a, he's a lot more subdued he's a lot more innocent than promising a one but yes like you yeah. let him you let him be the kind of person that he is like is in theory in the college you know when he was in college so yeah yep I can totally see him just pulling off that you know I shouldn't want to be you yeah uh for Mercedes yeah Mercedes was, was actually kind of difficult because again you do I mean it's a thankless role as is the case for a lot of women written uh in that time. Uh, and certainly, like in in films in the early two thousands, they weren't necessarily you know getting a lot of great roles. But yeah, so just for someone who I think can can pull it off and hopefully get a little bit more to do, I have for Mercedes. I have Hazel Gonzalez. Okay, uh, from Baby Driver, and um, mm-hmm. she was in something else recently, right? Uh, yeah. Well, what has she been in recently? How I have. What were you in, Aza? You were in Fast and Furious. Uh, Hobson Shaw, she was in. She was in I Care A Lot. Ambulance, she was in recently. Ambulance is one I'm thinking. All right. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that. I Look, I'm going to change my casting from what I wrote in the paper. I wrote Anya Taylor-Joy because, for similar reasons, it's a relatively thankless role, so I just need somebody about the right age, somebody I know that can act really well and hopefully bring something different out the role, but honestly, that's a pretty basic cast. Uh, I'm going to go with Alexandra Shipp. She is the love interest from Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Um, and she's also in... She was Storm in the new X-Men movies, right? Yeah, but um, we're not gonna... <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably the highest profile thing she's done, is, is why Pro- I mentioned Probably. It uh, looks like she's also in Love, Simon, and Straight Outta Compton, and she's gonna be in the uh, new Barbie movie, so... But yeah, Tick, Tick, Boom right. was the role I was thinking of. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you really have to hope for the writing to improve for that character, to give her a little bit more time to actually like contribute. Yep. Okay, so then Jacopo. Yeah, Jacopo. I, so I wanted someone who could, you know, look a little bit menacing just at the start, but then be that sort of like um, good-natured and happy-go-lucky sort of uh, type that he later becomes, which which was kind of also a little bit of a problem I had with the movie. Like you're introduced to Jacopo as this like brilliant knife fighter, and then he ends up in sort of like a servant role, mm-hmm. which is mm, not not best. But yeah, so someone I think. I, I was toying with Channing Tatum for a little bit, but I decided against it, and my ultimate pick is Michael Pena. Yeah, that's a good pick. Well, man, I totally see that. Especially because, like, man, it's so weird because, like, he kind of started off as what Luis Guzman is now, but he's kind yeah. of turned himself around. You know, like, for End of Watch, he got, like, buff, and he's mm-hmm. just kind of... He's not, like, fat, chubby, or he's not chubby, funny guy anymore. He, he's still really funny, but... You know, Luis Guzman has since become, you know, a more of that role. So, yeah, um, at least in his physique, you know, uh, anyway, it was, I so badly wanted somebody, but I could not believe them as the most believe or the, the, the most experienced knife fighter on a pirate <laughs> ship. I so badly wanted to pick Harvey Guillen, um, Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows, the TV I show. Yeah, I so badly wanted to pick him, but I can't. I you, I can't picture him as the best knife fighter. Right. Yeah, you have to be able to do both to at least yes. you know invoke that idea of okay, Dantes could actually like be released here and then immediately be killed by a pirate. So we're definitely going to have to change the name Jacopo. Um, but I changed this person, and I think it's believable because remember, this is a pirate ship, mm-hmm. um, which means it sails all across the world. And yep. does whatever it wants, and rapes and pillages and steals and all that. I went with Simu Liu. Okay. So I think that works really well. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, Shang-Chi for anybody that maybe doesn't have that immediately come to mind. So, and a totally believable that the pirate ship just came from the Oriental. And sure, yeah, it's it's the early 1800s. They had, those ships went all over. Yep. So you, you don't really. Or he to... went port to port to port, you know, thieving sure, his way yeah. through different on ships, other ships, you know? and, and just then just got making his way to the Mediterranean. Yeah, you could write that in any sort of way you want. Yeah. So again, we're gonna have to change the name, but fine. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, the priest, Abbe Faria. Yeah, so I wanted to sort of like link this up just a little bit with uh, my love of these swashbuckler type films. And I wanted to sort of like give a nod to uh, another actor. So my my Abbe Faria is Antonio Banderas. Yes, (laughs) that's so good. Uh, Did you notice, by the way, you were on the Three Musketeers episode, right? No. Oh, shoot. I thought you... I swear I thought you were. Because uh, um, the person that plays the prison guard in this movie is the main bad guy in Three Musketeers. So I was like, that's a fun... Oh, the... Um, the, the guy, guy who, that also uh, plays Top Dollar in The Crow. Right, yeah. He's also in Nope. Um, I can't think of the actor's name. Right now. It is... Michael Wincott. Yes, him. Okay, so... I have... Um, in this role, I have Mads Mikkelsen. Um, sure. Yeah, I just, I love him. Um, I really yeah, thought great. about, like, this might be fun to put Jim Caviezel in this role. Like, one of the, like, do a legacy character, you know? Yeah. Though I think, yeah. Mm, is not, he's not old enough for that? No, neither I mean, of them could, are old you enough. Could, you could put a wig on. Well, Antonio Banderas, I, I looked up, he's 61, so. Yeah, Banderas, again, especially, you know, with some, with some, uh, you know, makeup and hairstyling, but, and mm-hmm. you, you could age somebody up, so I really thought about doing a legacy cast for this one. I didn't. Yeah. Yep, uh, I'm so happy with Mads Mikkelsen. I'm fine with that. So. I mean, he can do anything, so he, yeah. He could, he could show up he, for a couple weeks to, to film those scenes. It's not I'll, a lot I'll watch the Connie Monte Cristo with Mads Mikkelsen playing every role. That's fine. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch okay, any so. movie with Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> playing not any, any role. I won't, I won't watch Polar again. But uh, <laughs> That'd be weird with Mads Mikkelsen playing every role in Polar. That might actually make it worth watching. Maybe. Uh, okay, so then uh, Villafort. <laughs> yeah, Villafort, the um, the guy in the office who actually uh, arrests Dantes for, for being a traitor. So yeah, so I wanted someone who can play that sort of like smarmy type character. So I ended up going for Lee Pace. Yeah, all right. I had, um, okay, so it's only because I couldn't not see this actor the whole time the movie was going. I think it's because of physical resemblance. I have Oscar Isaac here. Um, he does look a little bit like James Frame, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I put. Yeah. Um, and I think Oscar Isaac could pull it off really well because again, smarmy, um, but also like intern like there's an internal like guilt riddenness to him throughout a lot of the film. Yeah, and he definitely has some level of where you can empathize at least with the decisions he makes for you know to a certain extent. Sure. Yeah, definitely still a villain at the end of the day. And I think, yeah, Oscar Isaac has, has proven himself to be very capable of playing characters like that. So. Yeah, oh, I mean, Pedro Pas- Pascal could also work in that role, but yep. Oscar Isaac was the one that I really wanted. Okay, uh, and then your uh, Napoleon. Yeah, all right. So just just imagine him in the same sort of like prosthetics and makeup that you saw him earlier this year, and my Napoleon is Colin Farrell. <laughs> Yes. Look, Napoleon's not big enough of a role, so I thought Chris just has to have some gold in here to make it worth putting on the list. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's really the only reason I put Napoleon on the list, is because I want to know who your Napoleon would be. 
It's it's just yeah. it's five minutes of screen time at most. But you know, yeah. put Colin Farrell in a makeup chair for four hours for one day of shooting, and this is what you get. I love it. I was talking to you earlier, so the listeners don't know. I so badly wanted to put um, uh, um, David Diggs into this role. Yes, but that would, but then I would have to do colorblind casting, which would take away from the importance of having Michael B. Jordan as Dante's. Um, so I went with Andy Circus for my Napoleon. Oh, we'll we'll put him in a fat suit, but <laughs> I don't know. Was Napoleon actually all that fat? I, I, think I don't it's think he actually slightly was. Slightly exaggerated, but yeah, yeah. I, but either way, uh, Andy Circus is my Napoleon. Yeah, me. I think he could he could pull it off very well. I think. Yep. Uh, okay, so then your writer director. Yeah, or one person, two people team. Uh, yeah, no, my uh, I have two writers uh, because they're a writing team. They do everything together. I I would I decided to just throw Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio at this, who wrote Shrek together. They wrote the Pirates of the Caribbean films, the original trilogy, at least. Yeah, so they have they have sort of like this 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 the shape of like a, a swashbuckler down pat, and you know why why not let them have a stab at some established material instead of having to invent some. Uh, some nonsense off the back of the Disney ride. If they actually have something to work with, I think they could actually outdo themselves, maybe. For sure. You know what? I'm going to change my answer. I wanted to find some way to Kenneth, for Kenneth Branagh to direct this, uh, but not write it, because I don't mm. want it to feel like he wrote it. Um, but I'm going to change my answer. Um, after Matt Reeves does the Batman 2, do this. I would um, want to see that. Yeah. I just I was looking through my list, and I saw War for the Planet of the Apes, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly the vibe I want for this movie. So, yeah. Why? Why mess with a good thing? I really want to see Matt Reeves do like a historical epic now. Uh, how about, how about he could do a new kind of, he could do a new Mask of Zorro? How about that? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> if going from Batman to Zorro, I mean, it's basically the same character. Fair. Uh, all right. So and again, basically, this is this is as well. It's kind of like an alter ego, but the alter ego is the billionaire count. True. True. Interesting. Well, that just leaves us with the spinoff. So, Chris, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want everybody to um, know about or not know about? Well, I didn't mention my director yet. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, th- I just assumed you had a combo. Tell the, tell the, yeah, tell the director. No, the director was the thing that I had the most trouble with. Uh, I really could not. Like, I ended up circling Joe Wright for a little moment, but it didn't seem like like he does Atonement and Pride of Bridges, but that didn't mm-hmm. seem really in line with this. So I ended up just giving it to Dan Trachtenberg, who may pray. Yeah, I for think sure. you could do that. I think you could do, do justice. Or you could yeah. have Dan Trachtenberg do the action sequences and Joe Wright do the non-action sequences. Sure, yeah. I mean, they, I don't, I don't think they would agree up. to that. <laughs> Probably not, but this is all in my head, so they could. Yeah, it's a fantasy, for sure. Exactly. Now the spinoff. Yes, now the spinoff. So, a couple of weeks ago, I I noticed in my stats page on Letterboxd that I only had one woman in my top 20 actors, so I decided I'm going to do something about that. I ended up uh, taking one week and I watched 13 films with Rachel McAdams in it, uh, 13 that I hadn't seen yet. The best one of those that I noticed that uh, not a lot of people have actually seen is A Most Wanted Man, 2014 film starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, a spy thriller based on a John le Carre novel. It takes place in Berlin, I believe, somewhere in Germany at the very least. So you get to experience Philip Seymour Hoffman playing a German with with a with a gorgeous German accent. Nice. And yeah, it's basically one of those typical John le Carre spy thrillers where you're just watching the ultimate slow burn play out in front of you. Like there's no massive bomb threats going around or no massive political upheaval. It is just this team working a single case 
and you know leading you through this entire process and i thought it was incredibly well made and incredibly well performed by basically the entire cast you have willem dafoe in there as well uh rachel mcadams obviously yeah this is really one this the best movie that i think was in that bunch obviously i'd seen most of rachel mcadams's big movies before then Uh, so yeah delving into a backlog uh really delved up uh, a gem that uh I wanted to, you know, highlight a little bit here. Very nice. I've been playing a bunch of PS3 games recently, and I have two that I kind of just want to warn. Um, so I, I look, I'm a, I'm a whore for Transformer stuff, uh, especially video games. So oh, the Cybertron play, games? No, those games are amazing. That's okay, why. I was, that's why I'm a whore. No, so I, I was playing them kind of in chronological order of release. So um, I played the the movie one for Revenge of the Fallen. It's fine. Ooh. It's just repetitive and boring. It's it's totally fine. It's 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 okay it's just that's all it is and then the other one i played a game um that i wanted to play when it came out it's called turning point fall of liberty it's a what if the axis powers won world war ii sorry what if winston churchill died so england never never um like had a chance in world war ii and Hmm. then axis powers took over and then immediately attacked america it's so it's an alternate history which i love alternate history kind of stuff um, and then that's all the game has going for it. it has very poor controls, very poor gunplay, very right. poor graphics, very poor frame rate. It is a great game in theory. It's an actually really bad game in practice. And all mm-hmm. the hype in the world for when it came out, and then and then it got bombed with reviews. So I'm like, I'll stay away from that. And then I never got around to it. Yeah, that I explains why I've never heard of it. And I finally got around to it. It's not good. So Right, yeah. Sometimes Warning. the concept really can carry something, but... Yeah, for video games, it's a lot harder when you actually well, need to involve yourself it, in it. And it was a four-hour campaign that was literally oh. just—it it, was—it it took place between New York, London, and uh, Washington D.C., and none of it was distinctive. So it was just shoot Nazis in this dark corridor. Okay, right. I've done that. A, I've done that a million times uh, in video games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although I, mean, I don't think yeah. anybody would be mad. If that nobody would. No, nobody would mind you shooting a bunch of Nazis. That's uh, spar for the course, really. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a wrap. Quick reminder this hip-hop item is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, at Schweitcastle. And you can follow Chris on Letterboxd. I'll have that linked in the episode description. And um, uh, make sure to send us uh, any feedback if you want. Um, com. Next week, I'll be talking Justice League Doom and Justice League Flashpoint Paradox with Joe. Uh, we talk about comics. And then next month for nostalgia, I got Nash and Heath on. I haven't sent them a message to see what we're talking about. I'll get to that sometime soon and we'll get it all sorted. But that's it. Uh, sorry to rush the ending of this. I got to get going to a wedding. But thanks for hanging along, Chris. Thanks for making me watch this movie that's been on my watch list for a while now. I had a great time. <laughs> I'm happy to be of service. Nice. And uh, I look forward to seeing your Andrew Garfield-led Monte Cristo uh, in the coming years. Oh, me so. too, man. Just, I'll be I'll be back as soon as I've crowdfunded the, the budget for that. I would crowdfund both of our movies, and they could release them on the part, and I would see both of them opening weekend. Yeah, so, man. All right. Well, thank you, and uh, we'll right. see you guys next time.